Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds and welcome to today's podcast episode. Before jumping into today's podcast topic, I would like to give you guys a heads up on probably later today, but at least in the near future, I'm going to be uploading a pretty different piece of content. I'm going to upload an interview that I did with somebody where I asked them about their experiences of living abroad. So this individual lived lives, excuse me, in Japan, but that's not where she's originally from. And so I was asking her about her experiences going to a new country, learning a new language. And so that's something that I'm going to upload, uh, as I said, likely today, possibly in the next few days. So you might even get two podcast episodes today. There's a chance of that. And later this evening, or rather tomorrow evening, I'm going to be doing another interview of this style where I talk to someone who's moved to another country and talk to them about their experiences of culture shock. So that's something I want to test out a little bit on the podcast here and there when I get the chance to do so. I'm not sure if it'll be a, if it'll be a recurring segment, if I do those kinds of episodes a whole bunch, or if I just do a few, but you can see that you can expect to see a couple of episodes like that in the, in the, uh, in the coming weeks. With that aside, let's dive into today's podcast topic which is all about improving your speaking ability in another language. The way I see it, you you kind of have five ways, five different methods you can use to improve your ability to speak in another language. Five. That's it. Maybe there's a couple that I've missed, but I don't think if I have missed any, I don't really think I've missed that many. So five, you can think of it as five ways to improve your speaking And if you want to improve your speaking, you're going to have to pick from those five. So after this podcast episode, my hope is that you never again have to wonder, how do I improve my speaking ability? I want that question put to rest, and now you know how, or rather you will after this episode, and then it'll be just a matter of picking, just a matter of picking the methods or the strategies that you think are going to be best for you. So option one is taking or rather hiring a private tutor. I think this is, in my experience, the most foolproof method. What I mean by the most foolproof is when I look at all the other strategies I'm going to tell you, they would work for a percentage of people. They're not going to work for for another percentage of people. For example, maybe it works for 60%, but doesn't work for 40%, so on and so forth. Well, with private lessons, it's the one strategy that if you find a good skilled tutor, It's the one strategy that I can recommend that will work for the highest percentage of you. So it's the most foolproof of all of the methods I'll talk about today. So there are some pros to hiring a tutor, and of course, there are a couple of cons. So the the pros are you can have lessons tailored to you. So if you're a very beginner, well, the tutor can create these conversational lessons at more of a beginner level. If you're very advanced, while the tutor can create very advanced conversation style lessons. If you're in the middle, well, they can accommodate. With the tutor, you have someone reliable that you can speak with, whereas with basically any other way to practice, the reliability of the other person you're speaking with will likely be in question, whereas with the tutor, the reliability is generally going to be quite high if you find a good reputable tutoring company or or good reputable experienced tutor, etc., Um, With the tutor as well, 
it's a low pressure speaking environment. You can take your time. There's no pressure to try and say things perfectly. You can make mistakes. You can ask questions. So it's a low pressure environment for you to learn in, as well as, which is the next pro, there's also some accountability involved. With every other way for you to practice your speaking, the accountability will generally be lower. Generally speaking, will be lower. Whereas for a tutor, because you've paid them, you ideally have a set schedule for your lessons, there's an extra level of accountability there, external accountability, to making sure that you're doing the necessary practice, I suppose, that you need to do to improve your speaking skills. So there are a lot of different pros. I'm a huge fan of using of using tutors. Uh, there are a couple of cons, of course. So the biggest con is that it costs money. It's not free, which therefore leads to the second con, which means that most people, in fact, everybody is limited as to how much time they can spend taking private lessons. For example, if a tutor is charging you $30 a lesson or something like that, maybe you can only afford to take one or two lessons a week, if that. Maybe it's going to be less than that. So that's the one downside to, to private tutors that you likely will have to limit. Likely there will be a limit on how much time you can spend on using private tutors. Um, to be fair, you can kind of get around this in certain ways. So sometimes for certain languages, you can find pretty darn affordable tutors that are charging you eight bucks an hour, seven bucks an hour, four bucks an hour. You can sometimes find that kind of uh, that kind of tutor depending on the language. So maybe you can get around that, but generally speaking, the it's not going to be free, which therefore means there will be constraints on how many lessons you can take. But it's still one of my favorite options. Option number two is for you to speak with people that you know. So for example, this could be a family member, friends, uh, well, someone that you know, an acquaintance. You might be thinking to yourself, Azarin, I don't know anyone that speaks my target language. How could I find someone to practice with? Well, there are a couple of different tools you can use. So the first one is a website, which is meetup.com, M-E-E-T-U-P.com. It's a great resource to uh, find some events where you can go and find other language learners and practice with them. Or heck, you can even find native speakers and practice with them too. Lots of There are lots of online and possibly even in person, depending on the city you live in, events that you can start attending and practicing and practice whatever language you're trying to learn. You could also use a website such as events.duolingo.com. Some of their, more of their events now are paid. They've changed their platform from when I was a huge fan of the platform. Now I'm like an average fan of the platform. I like it, but I'm not as, I'm not as much of a fan of it as I used to be. But it's still a good platform. There are lots of free events, free classes, uh, as, well, as well as some low cost classes too, as well as some regular cost classes nowadays for you to uh, go meet other people, practice with native speakers, make some online friends and communicate with them. So there's some pros to speaking with people and inter interacting with people that you know. So one of the pros is that it's generally speaking free or at least low cost. You can do it around your own schedule. You can speak with lots of different people. Unlike private tutoring, there's no real limit on how much time you spend practicing your speaking with them because it just costs your time and not just money. Um, and uh, yeah, those are some pros. In terms, of, in terms of some cons, so uh, often the accountability factor is lower 
because no one's forcing you to talk to them. Often, especially if it's family or friends, you might feel awkward speaking to them in the target language. You have a habit of speaking with them in whatever language your first language is. So it's weird for you to switch languages. So that's definitely a factor. Uh, often when you use something like Meetup or Duolingo events, for example, often you end up communicating with more learners than you do native or advanced speakers. So that's a potential downside. As well, on these platforms, if you're attending the group events, you may not get to speak as much as you would like because you are in such a large group. So that's, some, that's a potential downside as well. With these events, uh, you may not be able to get, or when you talk with people that you know, friends or acquaintances, things of that nature, free events, when you go to these, you may not be able to get a lot of your more technical questions answered. So that's a potential downside as well. But overall, it's a great option. And that is something you can do to improve your speaking. So that's option two. Option three is related to option two, is you could do a language exchange. Two popular apps that, that you could use to do this are HelloTalk and Tandem. Uh, Tandem is spelled T-A-N-D-E-M. HelloTalk is, well, easy enough to spell, HelloTalk. And you can find people to practice with where you help them, you help them practice the language you speak and they help you practice the language that they speak. So a native English speaker may find a native Spanish speaker and the Spanish speaker helps you practice Spanish and you help the Spanish speaker practice English. So there's, again, various pros and cons. So some pros are that you can speak with all sorts of different people. You can have lots of different language partners, practice with lots of different people from all over the world, different regions, different accents, different dialects, different ways of putting words together. And so that's great. You can practice an unlimited amount really just depends on how much free time you have, I suppose. You can practice completely on your own schedule. Uh, it's free if I didn't mention that already. So it's a great way to practice. Uh, there's some downsides too. So some people who use HelloTalk in tandem, they use it as a dating app and they don't use it as a, as a language practice app. So that's something to be aware of. You probably want to avoid that. If you see some people that are hitting on you or flirting or wanting to date you or things like that, you've got to block them, move on, find someone else. Uh, it's also, I find that language partners can sometimes be flaky. So that's something, the reliability factor can be in question. On these apps as well, uh, you may not be able to get technical questions answered. It also relies upon you to take some initiative because you need to actually create conversations. You need to be, you need to get out there virtually and meet new people and talk to them and strike up conversations. It's not being done for you. Whereas, for example, if you're doing uh, private lessons while well, you're paying someone, so you can take a little bit more of a back seat in a sense. The tutor is going to be more of a leader, whereas on an app such as HelloTalk or Tandem or really with any kind of language exchange, you have to really put in a lot of energy, time and energy to make those new friendships work and to come up with conversation topics. So that's something to be aware of too. But it's a great option. Nothing wrong with it. Our fourth option is traveling abroad. This is the most immersive and can be the fastest way for someone to learn. I stress can be, which you'll see in a moment why. Uh, it's highly immersive, as I said. You can practice with lots of people. You can practice all day, every day. You're surrounded by the language. It uh, You'll see rapid progress, but there are some downsides, of course. So the downside is that it costs a lot of, it can cost a lot of money, a lot of money, excuse me. It can take, it's quite time intensive. Um, and 
something to be aware of is that it's a very overwhelming experience. So depending on what kind of person you are, I've met people who travel, who live abroad, who spend a significant period of time abroad, and yet they don't really learn more than just the basics of that language because they end up falling into a lifestyle where they spend the bulk of their time at home and they only really go to a few different places where they can, uh, where they know enough of the target language to navigate those situations. So I'll give you some examples. I met plenty of people when I was in Beijing who were foreigners. They knew enough Mandarin to go to a few restaurants that they liked and they would be able to order their food in those restaurants. They could take the train. They couldn't really read the train or understand the announcements, but they just sort of knew where to get on and get off. At their workplaces, uh, they spoke mostly English. They didn't really need to know Mandarin. They had a couple of foreign friends or maybe even Chinese friends that spoke English so they could speak in English with them. Or perhaps they speak enough English and you speak enough Mandarin to sort of use both languages to get by. And so what ends up happening is you, you end up, even though you're abroad, you create an environment around yourself where you don't need to be super duper fluent in the target language. And so being abroad is was helpful to an extent, but it didn't help you become fluent. So all being abroad does is it gives you an infinite number of opportunities to practice the target language, but you still have to grab those opportunities. And that can be a pretty scary thing for, for a lot of people. I even met someone once who uh, didn't leave their apartment for about six to eight months or barely left their apartment and six to eight months later of being in the in that country, they still didn't really speak any more of the target language. Like none, like almost no more. This person just mostly played video games. I uh, don't know how, where they ordered their food from, but, you know, they didn't really engage with people in that country. So I've seen that thing happen many times. I felt that temptation myself. So I know what that's like. I've hidden in my room countless times when I've traveled abroad. So it's a real temptation that exists. So unlike what many people might think, initially traveling abroad is not some magic bullet where you suddenly will magically learn whatever the target language is. So that's your fourth option. Your fifth and final option is self-talk, where you talk to yourself in the target language. So for example, you're in your house, in your apartment, and you start talking out loud about whatever topic comes to mind. You might talk about the things you see around you, you might say, wow, this is a chair, there is a pole, there is a light, there is a wall, there is a door. That would be more beginner. You might introduce yourself, you might talk about your plans for the day, you might, uh, who knows, you might, um, there's a lot of, the, the sky's the limit in terms of what kinds of things you could talk about, really. Talk about whatever you want. So there's pros and cons as always. So pros, you can do this anytime. It's free. Uh, you can practice as much as you want. There's no pressure to be perfect. You can start to find some mistakes that you didn't know you, some, sorry, some, um, what do you call it, learning gaps that you didn't really know you had. Because you might try and say something and realize you don't know how to say it. So you might realize, oh, I don't really know how to talk about that sort of topic. Maybe I should go learn that. Uh, you can work on your fluency at home, in the comfort of your home, without having to uh, feel guilty that you're wasting a native speaker's time. So there's a lot of pluses to it. The uh, downside is that, well, it's not a substitute to speaking with real people, so that's a downside. You don't, you're not getting feedback, so you're not sure if you're making mistakes or saying things correctly or not. And then lastly, for some people, it just feels awkward 
to talk out loud. They don't know what to talk about. They feel really weird doing it. So uh, that's all. That's also a downside too. So let's recap these five. This is important. Hiring a tutor. That's an option. Talking with people that you know or trying to meet people that speak the language so you can practice with them using websites such as Meetup or, uh, or Duolingo events. Doing language exchanges on an app such as HelloTalk or Tandem. Traveling abroad or doing self-talk. These are your five major options, your five main options to improve your speaking in another language. That's it. Those are kind of the things you can do. So the next time you find yourself wondering, how do I improve my speaking? Well, remember those five. Hire a tutor. Uh, hire a tutor. Practice with people you know. Or make some friends using HelloTalk. Or sorry, using um, Meetup or, or, uh, or uh, Duolingo events. Do a language exchange on HelloTalk or Tandem. Travel abroad. Or do self-talk. Those are your five options. You just got to pick one or multiple of those options and off you go. So you never need to wonder again, how do I how do I improve my speaking? I've given you the five different options that there are. The five, five of the main options, let's say. There might be some other small things. Like, for example, writing can help you improve your speaking. That's something worth talking about in a separate podcast. Or maybe things like... Uh, Increasing your vocabulary might make it easier for you to speak. Maybe you're feeling blocked because you don't know enough words. Or maybe working on your pronunciation might help you feel more confident. But those are all secondary things. What I've given you today is the steak. And of course, there are some side dishes, but this is the steak. Those five things, that makes up the steak. Those are your five major strategies. So now it's just the time, it's just the time for you to pick. Pick one, pick two, pick as many of them as you can, and off you go. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions about this, uh, uh, feel free to uh, send me a message or uh, or uh, email me. You can contact me by email by visiting azrinthelanguagenerd.com slash contact. So that's A-Z or Z-R-E-N thelanguagenerd.com slash contact. Or you could contact me on uh, most major social media networks. So my username is the same everywhere. It is at Polyglot Azarin. So that is P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z-R-E-N. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Twitter, I'm not the super active on. So my, it sometimes takes me like a week or two to get back to people because I don't always check it. But I do have it and I do check periodically. But any, any platform you use, I'm basically on all of them. So... Uh, yeah. Have a great rest of your day and we'll speak soon. Bye for now.